<clears throat> be in several places. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we started on Sunday night and uh, talking about the subject of ordering ourselves. And I think January is a good uh, month to uh, talk about these things as we uh, begin a new year and uh, look at our lives, examine ourselves, as the Scripture tells us to do, and uh, see how God wants for us to live as His people. And so we talked about that. Uh, we said the first week, the principles we gave was that all things should be done decently and in order. Uh, God is not the author of confusion, and a lack of order robs us of peace. And so that's the reasoning behind, uh, the, or, the, or the philosophy, the biblical philosophy behind what we've been teaching on. And then if you remember last week, we talked about the proper order that uh, as Christians we need to be in. Amen? And uh, we had the illustration there, and we talked about how that uh, God created us as a triune being, body, soul, and spirit, and that how the right order is for the Holy Spirit to be in the driver's seat. Amen? And then after Him comes our newborn spirit, then comes our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and then in the last part, who don't even get a say-so, is the body or the flesh. Amen? And that's the order, the proper order God wants for us as Christians to be in. And so tonight, I'm going to uh, give you some principles and preach on this subject, the benefits of choosing the spiritual life. The benefits of choosing the spiritual life. Again, as we said this morning, folks, it is a choice all of us as Christians must make. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's just flat-out hard work. Amen? And uh, it's, uh, it takes discipline. It takes uh, uh, staying on your knees, staying in the Word of God. And But I'll just say this, there are benefits of living that way. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. You find your place. Stand with me together. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to read a couple of verses to you here, beginning in verse 13. The Bible says, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And then look, if you will, uh, down in verse 1 of chapter 3. And I, brethren, uh, could not speak unto you as spirit, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. And by the way, that wasn't a good thing that Paul had to say to the church. That was a rebuke. That was a, a, a slight on them, the fact that he couldn't preach to them the spiritual truths of God. You know why? Because they were carnal, that's why. Amen? They were babes in Christ. And by the way, guys, that doesn't mean good-looking girls at the church. Amen? Babes in Christ. It's not a good thing to be a babe in Christ, okay? Uh, that's uh, God wants us to... Go from babes to spiritual. And so let's talk about these things tonight. Let's pray and we'll get into the message. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be here, Lord. Please, would you speak to us tonight? Would you help us, Lord, as we look into your word? God, please, I pray that you would uh, uh, be active in our midst. Holy Spirit, uh, put things, your finger, Lord, on things in our life uh, that we need to work on, we need to grow in, so that we can not be as the Corinth church was, Lord, and uh, carnal, but Lord, we can be spiritual and be what you'd have for us to be. We love you. We thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So again, we're talking about ordering ourselves, being in the right order. And of course, again, that's the Holy Spirit, that's the reborn spirit, that's the soul, that's the body. That's the way God wants for us to be ordered. Now, 
you choose to live that way, I want to tonight give you, now don't get nervous when I say this, amen, anytime you start saying, I got a 10-point message, man, the, the congregation starts getting nervous, amen, uh, but don't get nervous, but I'm going to give you 10 things tonight, uh, 10 benefits of choosing the spiritual life. And again, I want to kind of whet your appetite a little bit. I want to kind of show you the reward and the, and the reason you ought to choose to every single day make a conscious attempt uh, when, when, with your walk in your walk with God through His Word, through prayer, to order yourself properly and choose the spiritual life. So let's get right into it tonight. Number one, and uh, <clears throat> the first benefit, is an increased ability to understand the deeper teachings of the Word of God. Let me say that again. An increased ability to understand the deeper teachings of the Word of God. Now the Bible, folks, is an amazing, wonderful book. Amen? And it's more than just a book, alright? It's God. God's love letter to us. It's the inspired, preserved Word of God. And let me tell you something, what you find out about the Bible, it is a live book. Amen? And there's something about that Bible as a Christian when you interact with it. I mean, it's powerful. Amen? You think about it. I say this all the time. There's only two eternal things on this planet. Number one is the souls of mankind. Number two, the eternal preserved Word of God. Amen? And so those are what's eternal. And the Bible's an amazing book. The Bible's so amazing that if you just do a casual reading through the Bible, you're going to glean some truth from it, alright? You know why? Because it's the Word of God. But I will say this, there are some meat truths, some deep spiritual truths in God's Word that He wants to teach you, but you know what you've got to have? You've got to have an increased heart of understanding so you can learn those deep spiritual truths of the Word of God. And let me tell you what that comes from, folks. That comes from uh, having the Holy Spirit in charge, the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you, and then communicating with your reborn spirit the teachings of the Word of God. Again, notice what we went back to here in our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Notice what he says. He says the natural man, we could say the flesh, amen? The natural man, the body, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Okay, listen folks, that's why the world, they don't understand God. They don't understand Christians. They don't figure, I mean, you know, we're, they think we're crazy because, you know, here we are on a Sunday night, you know, our day, you know, this is my, Sunday's my day. No, it's the Lord's day, amen? But, you know, here we are on a Sunday night, gathered together in church. Why do you do that for? What's the point in that? You know why? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They don't get it. They don't understand it because they're natural. Now listen, you can be saved still and have natural thinking if the flesh is in the driver's seat, okay? But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Amen? And here's the thing, folks. I'll be honest with you. Uh, you are not going to understand the, 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 the teachings that God wants you to understand if you are always uh, uh, thinking with a carnal mind. If you're always living with a carnal viewpoint, you're not going to understand the Bible. It's not going to make sense to you, all right? It's not going to uh, gel well with you. You know why? Because the wrong person's in the driver's seat in your life. You're not ordered properly, amen? And so when the Holy Spirit's in control, then the reborn spirit is following behind the Holy Spirit. You know what you're going to find out? You're going to begin to understand the deeper teachings of the Word of God. By the way, part of the job of the Holy Spirit, I mean, he's got a lot of jobs, by the way. He's a busy guy, I can tell you that. I mean, he, thank God he's our comforter. 
He's our, he's the one that comes along beside us. He helps us. He aids us in the Christian life. Hey, he gives us power to live the Christian life. Hey, he, he convicts us of our sin. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Not only that, he seals us until the day of redemption. But one of the things he does, folks, is he is our teacher. He teaches us. And let me tell you, when you interact with the Word of God, before you interact with it, one of the things we ought to all do is, is, is have a, a time and say, Lord, now listen, God, I, I need you, Lord, and I need you to open my mind of understanding as I interact with your Word and teach me things from the Scripture. You ought to pray that prayer before you open that book right there. And ask God to teach you things, show you things as you interact with His Word. I'm going to tell you, you pray that prayer with an open heart, with the Spirit of God in control, God will answer that prayer. Amen? Now again, you know what it takes? It takes time. It takes commitment. You got, you know, it's not just, you know, uh, five minutes, you know, read, 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 check a box, I'm done. Okay? Now I got you on a, a Bible reading schedule and I'm thankful for that. But folks, listen to me. It's not just about reading your three or four chapters a day. That's not what it's just about. I mean, listen, every Christian ought to every day be able to honestly say, here's something God taught me today through His Word. And you ought to have that attitude. You ought to have that mentality. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, if the Spirit's in control, then you will have an increased understanding of those things. Number two, you will, as a Christian, have an increased level of discernment. An increased level of discernment. Again, look what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. Notice what he says. But he that is spiritual. Again, what's that mean? It means the Spirit's in the driver's seat. Amen? He that is spiritual, notice this, judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. You know what that's talking about? It's talking about a level of spiritual discernment. It means this. You will not be easily misled or deceived. Amen? And let me tell you, folks, why are we in the mess we're in in our world amongst, you know, quote, quote, religion of the day? I mean, why is there a, <clears throat> excuse me, a Bible of the Month Club, okay? Why is there a religion of the Month Club? Why is, you know, you know all these umpteen different uh, uh, religions out there, why is that out there? I'll tell you why. Because people are easily misled or deceived. By the way, God got it right when he called us sheep. Okay, God got it right. You know why? Because sheep aren't the brightest animals, that's why. And as a human race, we're not real bright. I'll just be honest with you, we're not. Amen? And I know that kind of puts us all down where we may not like to be, but it's true. Amen? And people are so easily misled and deceived. But you know what? If the Holy Spirit's in the driver's seat, you know what you're going to have in life? You are going to have an increased level of discernment, and you're going to weigh your decisions based upon not what popular opinion says, not what uh, uh, people may think of me, but you know what you're going to base it on? On Bible principles. And by the way, when you live your life according to the Word of God and live your life according to Bible principles, you know what that will do? Protect you from the traps the devil set for you. It protects you. Amen? We talked about it this morning. An awareness of evil. And we've got to see, we've got to know, we've got to discern what's going on in our lives and the lives around us. I'm going to tell you, if you don't think the devil's trying to trap you again, you're not thinking properly. Okay? He hates you. He's not your friend. Quit thinking he's your friend. By the way, you ought to just make a, a declaration tonight. Amen? You ought to just say it. Listen, old devil, I hate you and you hate me. I have nothing in common with you. I don't want to live a life to please you. Amen? Listen, we are avowed enemies. 
You ought to just make that true in your life. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you, the devil does not have your best interest in heart, and he's out there to try to trick you and deceive you. And by the way, remember, what's his number one tool? Deception. Number one way he gets people is through deception. If Satan always came to us and what we thought Satan ought to be, we wouldn't fall for it. But no, he ain't like that, amen? His greatest tool is deception. Let me say this, sad to say he deceives a lot of Christians. Deceives a lot of Christians, amen? And so let me tell you, living a uh, the spiritual life, what it will do, it will give you an increased level of discernment. You will not be easily misled or deceived. Number three, It'll give you the maturity to help restore the fallen instead of being negatively influenced by the fallen. Okay? Go to your, take your Bibles. We talked about this verse on Thursday night. If you were here for Bible study, we didn't dive, we didn't dive deep into this particular verse because we were talking about bearing one another's burdens. But I want to show you this. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Again, notice what he says here. Uh, Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Brethren, again, talking to Christians here. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such as one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The Bible is very clear on this, folks, but only spiritual people should be engaged in the ministry of restoring a fallen brother or sister. Okay, why is that? I'll tell you why. Because carnal Christians do not have the discernment to do this, and truth be told, will put themselves at great spiritual risk. You know why? Because a, a, a carnal Christian, while he thinks he's trying to help the fallen, truth be told, will probably even be pulled deeper than where he's already at. Amen? And again, the, the, the devil is a master at this. A spiritual Christian can help pull up the, the fallen. You know why? Because he's spiritually minded. And by the way, let me tell you what someone that's spiritually minded will do. They won't tell you what you want to hear. They'll tell you what you need to hear. Amen? They'll do so in a spirit of love, in a spirit of meekness, as the Scripture says. Amen? But you know what? They'll tell you the truth. By the way, we need that. Amen? We need to be able to. We just talked about it a few weeks ago. One of our responsibilities to each other as Christians is to admonish one another. And that means, you know what? We need to be able to mildly rebuke and exhort if somebody's going the wrong direction. Now listen to me. I don't believe as a Christian if somebody falls or somebody uh, gets out of sort with the Lord. Listen, I don't think we ought to shoot our wounded. Amen? I don't think we ought to kick them while they're down. And sad to say, that's a lot of mentality of Christians nowadays. By the way, that's a wicked mentality. That's not what God wants for us to do because truth be told, all of us from time to time have, have fallen, have not been where we ought to be. I look back in my life and there's certain times where I was away from the Lord and I am thank God that I had people in my life who cared enough about me, hey, not to, you know, shoot me when I was down. Not to throw me out the back door, but to love me enough to tell me the truth to help restore me and get me where I needed to be. Amen? Let me tell you, you know what it takes to do that, though? It takes a spiritual Christian. Think about it for a minute. Uh, you know, there, 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 there's reasons we ought to live this spiritual life. And yes, there's personal benefits. But let me tell you another great reason to live this spiritual life is for the benefit of those around us. Amen? So God can use us to help other people. So number three, the reason you ought to choose this life, because it gives you the maturity to help restore the fallen instead of being negatively influenced by the fallen. Number four, it gives us an increased ability to understand what the will of God is in most every situation. Now this is along the lines of what I preached this morning. Take your Bibles, you should be close. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. 
I'm not going to have you go to Romans chapter 12 because that's where we were at this morning. I think you understand those verses because I preached on them this morning. But it talks about the, uh, <clears throat> the uh, uh, proving what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Look what he says here in Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with, notice here, the knowledge of His will in all wisdom, and look at this last phrase, and spiritual understanding. Now, I think we all understand this, folks, but, you know, the, the, the Bible gives us some <clears throat> principles concerning the will of God. And I believe the will of God, you know, that, that's a little bit of a broad term, okay? I believe it speaks of, uh, there's a couple things the Bible specifically says is the will of God, okay? And then I believe there is uh, the will of God, which would be the, 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 the overall direction of our life. For example, okay, I can stand here tonight and say beyond a shadow of a doubt that I know it's the perfect will of God for me to be the pastor at White River Baptist Church. 100%. You know why? God called me to this, Amen. And I'm not for sake of time, I'm not going to go back and do it, but I could take you back in my life and tell you how God worked and how God showed me and opened doors and led me to this point in my life. This is God's will for my life. In fact, I believe that what I'm doing now is the exact uh, moment that God, when He uh, created me in my mother's womb, that He made for me to do. I believe that. Amen? And so we could talk about the will of God as far as the, 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 uh, where we're to be at, what we're to do, the geographical location of our life. We could talk about those things, and I believe it certainly applies to that. But you know there's also the will of God when it comes to almost every single decision we make in life. Did you know that? I mean, for example, you know what? Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, not, not here in this congregation, but I'm sure somewhere today, there were Christians who, you know what, just chose out of disobedience not to attend church. I'm sure that's the case. Okay? Now, again, I, I, I'm not thinking of anybody tonight, so if you're convicted, it's the Holy Spirit, not me. Okay? All right? Because <clears throat> I'm really not thinking of anybody particularly here. All right? But if you purposely chose, if a Christian purposely chose, I'm not talking about sickness. We got this, some of that going around. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, accidentally not getting up because you forget to set your alarm clock. Amen? All right? <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about people who just say, you know what, I'm just not going to attend church today. I'm going to do this instead of being at church today. You know what that's doing, folks? That, that is, that's making a decision outside of the will of God for your life. That's what that is. Now, that is kind of a no-brainer decision, all right? Because, you know, the Bible gives a clear command on that. But truth be told, every day of our lives are filled with decisions. And I'm going to tell you, God has a will for you in. Okay, you say, do you think God has an opinion about that? Let me say this, folks. God has an opinion about everything. Sure He does. He's a very opinionated God. Why do you think we are opinionated people? Amen? God has an opinion. And I'll say this. Even when it comes down to those everyday decisions that we make, right? Listen to me. God has a will for our lives. Okay? God has a will for your life tomorrow. Are you going to fulfill that will? Or are you going to know what that will is? You know how you find that, folks? By living the spiritual life. Because when the Holy Spirit's in the driver's seat, you know what He's going to do? He's going to communicate with you. He's going to talk with you. He's going to, hey, it may be something as simple as this, driving a different route to work tomorrow. Possibly. Okay? It could be such a thing as, okay, where to eat lunch at tomorrow. Because God wants your path to cross somebody else's path that He's been working on that needs a gospel track. I'm talking about, folks, listen, 
you know, I think sometimes we try to, you know, make this thing more complicated than it is. I'm talking about simple leading of the Spirit of God. That's why any time before we go out and go visiting, we always pray, and I will seek the Lord as far as, Lord, okay, where do you want us to go out today? Now, now we kind of systematically do it. We're following maps. We're kind of going through the county. And, of course, we're helping the Jasper Church plant on our Saturdays few months, but once we get back going, uh, once the church plant, we got that thing going, and we get back out there and we start going to our different areas out in the community, and we're kind of doing it systematically through maps, but truth be told, you know what we're doing? We're also letting the Spirit of God lead us, amen? And let me just encourage you, as you're out visiting, as you're out doing your thing, be led of the Holy Spirit, all right? Let the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you, God has a way of directing us to what I call divine appointments, Divine, for example, okay, again, I'll just give you an example of how it worked, all right? This last year for the fall program, a lot of times we try to hit Princeton uh, most every year with a card on doors to invite to the program. Well, this year in the fall, because we didn't spring, we decided to go to some other communities around us. And as I was praying, Lord, where do you want us to go at? Okay, and again, folks, I didn't, you know, the heavens didn't open. There wasn't a voice of a trumpet that just came and blasted the word to do. But I will say this, as you pray, the Holy Spirit will put thoughts in your mind. He'll put uh, inclinations in your heart. And you know what? God directed us to certain communities. And because of that, you know what? God led us to some prepared hearts of some folks He had ready. And guess what? They're at church now. Amen? And so all that to say, there is a will of God in every situation. And the only way for you to find it is to be spiritually minded. Because if the flesh is in the driver's seat, you ain't going to hear the Spirit of God. Amen? I'm going to tell you, folks, think about this. Let me tell you why that's important. Because someone's spiritual destiny could literally depend upon that. Literally, I tell you, I, one of my stories, I, I've told you it before. But the day where um, we were on our way to, uh, to, to visiting, and my, my car was acting crazy, and I almost stopped at the dealership to get it fixed, but I thought, nah, I'll do it later. And I went to visitation, and we were out in the country, and, and we were driving around, and, and, and the Lord led it. I'm way out in the boondocks. To the, to the door of some folks in the country. And we knocked on the door, began to talk with them and, and, and witness to them. And I, and I got to lead this man to Christ. Within two months, he was dead. Divine appointment. God led. I mean, could have been anywhere that day, but God led me there. Satan tried to keep me from getting there, but we made it there. And you know what? That man's spiritual destiny was altered because of listening to the will of God. Let me tell you, it's important we listen to God's will for our life. Amen? So the being in tune with the Holy Spirit, living a spiritual life, will help you then understand what the will of God is in most every situation. And folks, listen, there are going to be big situations in life where you need to pray and seek God. And it ain't going to be just some little answer that, you know, uh, 20 minutes in your prayer closet is going to give you the answer to. There are certain things the Bible says we need to pray and fast over because they're that important. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, though, if we'll seek God and we'll be in tune with the Holy Spirit, God's not trying to hide His will from us. It's a matter of us, all right, you ready for this? It's a matter of us clearing out the junk so we can be in tune enough with God to know His heart. That's what it's about. Amen? All right, I could preach more about that, but let's keep moving. All right, number five, the ability to truly live instead of just existing and to have your life make a difference in eternity. Man, this is good. Romans chapter 8, turn over there. All right, Romans chapter 8. Again, folks, why are we here as Christians? All right, we're not here just to, you know, coast through life, have a good time and do all that. No, we're here to make an impact. We're here to truly live, not just exist. And by the way, if you're going to do this thing called the Christian life, why not do it all the way? 
I mean, why not just get all in? All right? Don't just do it halfway. Let's truly live. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Again, for to be carnal. There's that word again. We're going to talk about that a lot. Carnally minded. All right? We're talking, again, this is, this is what, this is not, this is not a lost person. This is a Christian here. For to be carnally minded is what, church? Death. Man. To be carnally minded is death, but opposite to be spiritually minded, you ready for this? Is life and peace. Who would not want that? Amen? I want life and peace, don't you? I mean, I would rather have life and peace than death. That's what I want. First John chapter 2, I'm going to read these verses to you. The Bible says this, For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world passeth away. Amen? Does it not? Sure it does. This old world ain't going to be lasting forever, folks. All right? And you know what? In the grand scheme of things, truth be told, mankind, planet Earth, hasn't really been here that long compared to eternity. And one of these days, God's going to do away all with it. Amen? And we're just here for a short time. It's going to pass away. And the lust thereof, that's going to pass away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You know what he's talking about? Living for eternity. Amen? Not just existing in your Christian life, but living in your Christian life. I'm going to tell you, you can live the victorious Christian life. Yes, we can. Amen? Yeah, I know it's 2022. Yeah, I know the world's crazy around us, but who cares? Amen? We still got the Word of God. God's still on His throne. Hey, let's not just exist through life. Let's live life. How are we going to do that? To be spiritually minded. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, this is how deceptive the devil is. When there's been times in all of our lives where instead of choosing the spirit, we've chosen the flesh. By the way, how does that make you feel afterwards? How about you? Miserable. Not happy. Miserable. I mean, by the way, that's what the devil does for you anyway, okay? He's going to tingle a little bit, make you think, oh yeah, here, this is what it's about. Look at, look at sin. He opens the front door and shows you all the party, shows you all the good times of sin. But let me tell you what he never does. He never takes you to the back alley and shows you the back door of sin. And when he's done with your life, wrecking your life, bringing death to your life, he'll puke you out in the back alley of sin and leave you laying there in your own filth. That's what the devil will do for you. Amen? And I get it, man. Sometimes this thing called the spiritual life may not look as glamorizing as living for the flesh, but I'll just say this. I don't care per se how appears to be, all right, how does it make you, all right, let's use this word, I'm not afraid to use it, how does it make you feel? Why are, we ready, why are we afraid to use that word, by the way, amen, God gave us emotions, all right, and I get it, we don't live by our feelings, but I'll say this, when you live God and serve God, it feels good, amen, you know why, because God puts something inside of you, that's why, it's called the joy of the Lord, as we're going to see in a minute, He gives you the peace that passeth all understanding, so you know what, choose a spiritual life, amen, Number six, again, I just said it. It gives you a peace that passeth all understanding. What's that verse said we just read? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There is a peace that comes with spirituality. There is, folks. Carnality brings chaos, turmoil in the mind of the Christian. And if you don't deal with that, it's going to bring death, death to potential, death to understanding, death to the ability to perform God's will. It's the exact opposite of being spiritually minded. Spiritually minded is peace. Now, I don't know how y'all feel, 
Uh, when you go home from church after being in church all day Sunday, I have a lot of gamut of emotions that flow through me, all right? And uh, you, mo- the, the first emotion that flows through me is just in awe of what God does, amen? I mean, just to be a part of this is amazing to me. I mean, you think about how good God is to us, amen? And His grace extended to us as Christians. I mean, not, not only are we are Americans, but we get to be saved, we get to be born again, we get to be at a good Bible-preaching church that helps us try to follow the will of God for our life. Hey, we're in the minority, amen? It's the grace of God that allows us to be here. I'm in all of that. I think about I'm in all of that, amen? I'm going to tell you, when I get home on Sunday night, spiritually I'm worn out, amen? I, I've tried my best to pour myself out and, and, and fulfill God's will for my life that day. I may be a little uh, physically worn out, but man, it sure makes up for it in the spirit world, though. Man, I'm filled, amen? There's joy, there's peace, there's happiness there. And you know what that comes from? A life uh, not living after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen? And so listen to me, folks. There's a peace that passes the whole understanding that comes with that. How about this? Number seven, an increase in boldness and power as you witness. The Bible says, Acts 1.8, we read a verse two weeks ago, but ye shall receive Power. Man, we talked about that, didn't we? What kind of power? Dunamis power. Dynamite power. Amen? After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Let me tell you what happens, folks. Man, this is amazing, too. When you yield yourself to God, and you put the Spirit in the driver's seat, and you get everything ordered right, you know what that allows God to do? That allows His Spirit to flow through you. And the, the power of the Holy Spirit of God will, will give you the power. And let me tell you the main reason God gives us His power, okay? It's not so we, you know, we can walk around bragging about having God's power. That's not what it is, all right? The reason God gives us His power is so that we in turn then can go out and do exactly what it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and be witnesses, amen? And preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. God gives us power to do that. Now think about it. I don't know how y'all feel, but man, my flesh don't like to witness. I can just tell you that. Okay? There's something about it. I can start up a conversation with someone, someone I don't even know, and talk about anything and everything. Man, I can talk about the weather, talk about sports, talk about hunting, talk about ATVs, anything and everything. But what is it? When you start turning that conversation to God, all of a sudden, when you weren't shy before, you start getting shy a little bit. Well, you weren't nervous before, you start getting nervous a little bit, okay? You know what, folks? Listen, you know how you get beyond that? The power of the Holy Spirit. That's how you get beyond that. I mean, how can you go out and start talking to strangers, start knocking on doors, witnessing to people, witnessing to your neighbors, witnessing to your coworkers, and, and being a witness for Jesus Christ? The power of the Holy Spirit, that's how, amen? And listen, we need that power, do we not? By the way, we got a message worth preaching. And we need to preach it. And we need to preach it in power. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God so we can go out and, and uh, get the gospel out. Bible says this. I love this verse. Proverbs 28, verse 1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. Ain't that the truth, right? You ever seen these criminals and uh, maybe a video of criminals and they're doing something illegal and all they see is a flash of light. Man, they're gone, right? I mean, when no man pursueth, the wicked flee, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Listen, a lion's not timid when it comes to the business he's trying to take care of. Okay? I'm going to tell you, a lion is, is pretty bold in his actions. And the Bible says, when we're righteous, or we're not taken from the Scripture, when we say filled with the Spirit, guess what we are? Bold as a lion, preaching the Word of God, living how God wants for us to live. So an increase in boldness and power as we witness for Christ. Number eight, the strength and help needed to say no to the flesh. 
And this is a big one, is it not? Galatians 5.16 This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now listen to me. Spirituality is the act, listen, of walking in the Spirit. Okay? Sometimes, again, we, we complicate this. What's it mean to walk? It means the direction in life you're going. That's all it means. If you're walking, it means the path that you're on. All right? And the Bible says that we are to walk in the Spirit. So you know what that means? That means controlled by the Holy Spirit. And you know what? When we are controlled by the Holy Spirit, one of the things that comes along with that is the fact of not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Now again, folks, let's not, uh, let's not lie to ourselves. We all have to deal with that. Now that word lust doesn't always necessarily refer to immorality. That word lust just means an unholy desire. And there's a lot of unholy desires out there that our flesh wants. Okay? Because our flesh isn't saved. And listen, every single day, the Christian life is literally decisions, the will of God, like we talked about, between choosing between the spiritual life and the fleshly life. We're going to walk in the Spirit. We're going to walk in the flesh. So guess what happens? Again, just like we said last week, if the Holy Spirit's driving and He's in control, then you know what we're going to do? We're going to say no to the flesh. If the flesh is in the driver's seat and He's in control, guess what we're going to do? Say yes to the flesh. Amen? I mean, folks, come on. It really isn't that complicated. I mean, it's, it's so important for us to have the Holy Spirit in control because it will help us say no to the flesh. And by the way, we know what the Bible says. To be carnally minded is what? Death. If you're making decisions all the time based upon the flesh, something's going to die. Amen? And listen, we don't want to do that. We want to please God. We want to serve God. We want to be well-pleasing in His sight. And so uh, ordering your spirit properly will help you say no to the flesh. Number nine. Man, this is good. It will give you a sweet relationship with the Holy Spirit instead of grieving Him and quenching Him in His workings. I'm going to tell you, folks, I think as Christians, one of the things we are, we are guilty of a lot is quenching and grieving the Spirit. Bible says this in 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19. By the way, it's a Bible command, quench not the Spirit. By the way, if you quench something, okay, come on, think about it. Quenching is a term used today if someone's working with metal. All right? It means to take the heat out. And let me tell you something, folks. The Holy Spirit of God ought to be a fire living inside of us. Fire inside of our bones. I love what Jeremiah said, buddy. Uh, the prophet, or I'm sorry, David said, while I was musing, the fire burned. Amen? He was thinking about God. There was a fire burning inside of him. Brother Jeremiah said he wasn't going to speak about it, but he couldn't help it because it was inside. It was like a fire burning inside of him. And let me tell you, when the Spirit of God's inside, there's a fire burning inside. By the way, you know what you'll do as a Christian? If you'll live for God, let God set you on fire, the world will come to watch you burn. You know why? Because they're looking for something real. They're looking for somebody to come into work tomorrow, that yeah, you got the burdens of life just like they do, but instead of coming and griping and complaining and bragging about the sin you lived in this weekend, you come with the joy of the Lord in your heart, you come with the smile on your face, with compassion in your voice, talking about God, praising God. And let me tell you, they may think you're crazy on the outside, but deep down inside, they want that. They want that. They see that. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit of God's burning. People will watch you burn if you live that way. Amen? Let me tell you something. You know what the devil wants us to do? Put the fire out. I'm not saying you can lose your salvation, but we can quench the Spirit. By the way, you quench Him, then you, then you know what? You take it a step further, you grieve Him. That's not a good thing as a Christian. Amen? Listen, keep the fire going. 
By the way, one of the greatest ways to keep that fire going is feed it the fuel. You know what the fuel is? The Word of God. Amen? There's something about the Bible, the preaching of the Word of God, the, the involving yourself in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. It's literally like pouring gasoline on a fire. Amen? Keep yourself, uh, keep the fire stoked. Quench not the Spirit. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to live uh, uh, in your life, to be in control, you have a sweet relationship with the Spirit. By the way, think about this, all right? Maybe we'll teach on this some other time. Mark me down, Brother Bob, all right? He, he does that for me all the time. I always say, I'm going to preach on this one. I'm going to teach on this one. He's keeping the list of everything I've said I'm going to do, amen? And uh, But uh, I've said a lot of things. I don't know if I've got to them yet or not, but uh, eventually we will, all right? But the Holy Spirit, think about this, though. You can't have it both ways with the Spirit of God. Okay, you want His power to witness. You want His power to uh, <clears throat> live the life that God is pleasing to God. You want His comfort in times of, of tragedy and, and, and sorrow and heartache. Well, listen to me. You can't have it both ways. You can't have the power. You can't have the comfort. You can't have the teaching, the illumination He wants to give you if He's quenched in your life. You can't shut Him out, say no to Him, say yes to the flesh. All of a sudden, just real quick, flip a switch, and boom, here's the Holy Spirit right back in the driver's seat. Let me tell you. You have a relationship with the Spirit. By the way, think about this. If you damage a human relationship, it takes time to build back the trust in that relationship. Okay? I mean, God forbid someone would cheat on their spouse, and their spouse decides that they're going to stick with them and work through that. They might be still be with them. I'm going to tell you, it's going to take time to get that relationship back, if it ever gets back. Now, thank God you can build your relationship back with God. Amen? But sometimes that takes time to do. So don't quench the Spirit. Amen? Have a sweet relationship with the Spirit of God. And last of all, number 10, when you have the Holy Spirit in the driver's seat, you live the spiritual life, it'll give you the ability to have the personality of Christ duplicated in you through the Spirit. Amen? And by the way, what's the ultimate goal of the Christian life? What is it? To be like who? Jesus. You know what this world needs to see? Christ in us. Okay, you know what this world needs to see? Jesus. By the way, He's still the answer today. That, that, that song, Jesus is still the answer. He's always been and always will be. Let me tell you, if, if we're going to be like Christ, we've got to do what He did, and that is allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Galatians chapter 5. What's it mean? Here we go. I, again, I think I talked through this last year or the year before. But the fruit of the Spirit or the results of having the Holy Spirit inside of you. Okay, Here's what's going to be in your life if you're filled with the Spirit. All right, Love. Let's ask ourselves, are we, are we, by the way, agape love, okay? Are we loving people the way we ought to love them? Joy, is there joy in our life? Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance? Let me tell you something, folks. When the Holy Spirit's in the driver's seat, those things will be uh, uh, come to fruition. And you know what you're going to have? The personality of Jesus Christ. And you know what people will see? They'll see Christ in you. By the way, if you're different than them, they're going to want what you have, Amen. And in turn, God can use you to influence other people for eternity. Amen? So listen to me. It's important and it's beneficial to order yourself properly. Okay? It's important and beneficial. Get the Holy Spirit where He belongs. Holy Spirit's in the driver's seat. Then is our reborn spirit. Then is our, our, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. And then who cares about the stinking flesh that, that back there in the back? Amen? That's the right order. Let's live that way. Please, God, let me tell you what will happen, folks. Our lives will change for the better. Amen? We'll impact our family. We'll impact our community. We'll impact our world if we'll live that way. Let's pray. Lord.